Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. When was the last time that you struggled in making a key decision for your business? I'm guessing it might have been maybe today, depending on what time of day you're listening to this. Might have been yesterday. Might have been last week sometime, right? Depending on the magnitude of the decision. Uh, but have you ever really stopped to think about what is the process or what is the lens that you need to use in order to make the best decisions for your business? Again, I'm sure big, high level, a little bit more expensive decisions you're probably using a little bit more thought into uh, rather than you know a, a $50 accessory at Sherwin-Williams or something like that. But at the end of the day, we need to stop and think through how are we making decisions for our business? Um, there's a lot of different things you can think about. There's a lot of different ways. Uh, but we're actually going to take some time here today to talk with Jess Stevenson. Jess is one of our advisors here at Elite Business Advisors about kind of the five-step decision-making process you should use in your business. Uh, and Jess was sitting down kind of putting this together. We've been running through this with some of our clients. And I think really understanding what goes into making a decision, right? It's not a gut feeling, right? We always talk about data and feelings, as my friend Nick Slavic says. But it's all about having good process and decision um, facts to make the best decision of what's for you. And let's be clear, you're going to make a decision and it might not work out. That's okay, right? Um, I definitely think there's some truth to be said that if you wait too long or try to get everything perfect before making a decision, a lot of times the opportunity has passed, right? So sometimes we have to make those decisions and it's trial and error. Um, it's ways to figure that out uh, as time goes on or pivot as need be, right? But we want to try to put our best foot forward and make the best decision that we can in the beginning to where it's easier to pivot and adapt on the road when we need to. So I hope this conversation helps you guys. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Jess, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, agreeing to do this. You you did voluntarily agree. I didn't have to force you to do this, so I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and I, I got to just get this out before we start recording. Um, you came up with a lot of the content for today's episode, so I'm not going to sit here and take credit uh, for some of the process you've been putting together to walk through some stuff with some of your clients. So I appreciate you. you being willing to share that. So Yeah, of course. Um, before we dive into anything, how was Women in Paint? I know we're two mm. weeks removed. You were in Nashville hanging out with all kinds of amazing people. I won't even start naming names because I'm going to leave somebody out and, and offend them. Uh, but all kinds of amazing people. I know we had a lot of our clients there. Um, how was the event? It was so good. It was so good. I met so many people um, and I saw a lot of people that I met at the expo. It was good to see a lot of old friends. And all the speakers were just great. You know, everybody kind of built off of um, each other's um, speeches and yeah, loved it. And the the facility was gorgeous. I feel bad that you didn't get to come because it was yeah. it was like an indoor jungle maze. It was the most unique hotel I've ever been in resort. Yeah. 
I've heard a lot of things about um, Opryland there in Nashville, and um, I'm just going to move on that I was not there. That's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to I'm going to crash it next year. All right, I'm going to yeah. make sure I don't already have a Sherwin Williams event scheduled whenever this gets scheduled next year. Yes, uh, and I'm going to come crash it whether my Maggie Kuiper likes it or not. So um, I can't. We're going to get all kinds of texts from her after she listens to this. So. Um, <laughs> So was I guess before we dive into the rest of it, just to kind of recap on the women in paint, was there like a common theme that came from that event, just like topic wise, kind of teaching wise, right? I know you guys had a lot of great high quality speakers there, um, but was there kind of a common theme and education point that you kind of seemed to pick up on from those couple of days? Yeah, I think that it was, we went over a lot of mental health stuff, but we also went over like, you know, what makes women unique in the space and how we can uniquely bring our own strengths, you know, and it's not just of being, you know, just as good as the men. It's like, how can we uniquely bring ourselves into the space, but have, you know, good, strong boundaries and knowing what our intentions are or, you know, writing down our intentions and values and our goals and our business and playing up our strengths. So that's what I got most from it. Well, I'm starting to understand maybe why they they didn't invite me to it then if it was some about some of that. Um, <laughs> but no, I think, you know, I, I like I said, I, I saw some of the the lineup of what what was being talked about and stuff. And I think that's cool because I think is, that is very uh, important as a dynamic um, for women owned businesses. Right. Obviously, people are wired completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's cool that, that there is a, a collaborative environment um, for people to thrive in. Right. Um, you know, I love, we got PCA expo coming up here at the end of February. Um, I'm really excited that more details are about to come out with all that, um, as things are getting finalized and, you know, I mean, there's, there's opportunities to connect with everybody, right? PCA expo is for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. But then we're getting these smaller segment events, right. For women specific and for the commercial contractors. I don't know that was going on next door alongside you guys. Um, I know there was this Hispanic um, event down in Orlando earlier yeah. this year that was a huge success, right? Like there's all these kind of different sub segments of what the painting industry is. Uh, and I think it's cool that PCA is really diving in and tried to specialize in some education into each of them specifically, but then obviously have something like Expo to get everybody together. Um, I just saw an email not too long before this that we've already had a record high number of uh, registrants for Expo for being this far out. Um, so I'm really excited. I know how many were there last year and I'm, I can't wait to see the growth. Uh, and if we can cross maybe four digits this year for it. So, um, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about decision-making and how to make decisions for your company. You've kind of broken it down into five steps in making a really important decision for your business. And so what is number one? Yeah. Number one, maybe is the most important one. Um, It's getting clear on your company's values, your brand, your philosophy, and your story. So are you a white glove service, curated, personalized company? Are you more of, you know, the uh, good work, honest work, family oriented, um, hands off company? You know, what, what are you, what's your brand? So you mean you should actually stop and think about this? Yes. Yes. In the very beginning, hopefully. (laughs) Yes. 
or at some point, I mean, you know, things will always change. Right. But yes, um, no, I do think that that's something that, you know, we talk about it with some clients and it's something I want to make a focus on heading into next year a little bit more is, is really outlining like, what is your mission statement? What is your vision statement? What are your core values? What is your, you know, what is your identity for that? Right. For the, Mm -hmm. for the brand and stuff. (laughs) Right. Um, to really have a good understanding because that, that is the lens. Like if out of all five of these, if there was one thing, I would say that's kind of the one thing you got to think about, right? We'll talk about finances, which is obviously my favorite here in a second. Um, (laughs) but we got to stop and think about some of those things. So yeah, I definitely think that understanding and having a good perspective on who, who you are as a company is a very important key. Yep. Yeah, especially when there's so many different ways of going about business, you know, and you can get lost in it. You know, one person is saying this is the right decision, what they did, and another company is going to say this is what they did. And, you know, it can be really confusing really fast and make your brain spin. And if you just get clear on your values and who you want your company to be as a brand, I think that would really help the decision making process narrow down. No, that's good. And I think too, you know, going along with that, it, it helps give you that sense of direction, right? You know, everybody always says my business is running me. I'm not running my business. And I think that that really gives it a good opportunity to make sure that you've got a guiding principle for things, right? That's why we, you know, send out our, our five advising philosophies when we work with our clients now to everybody of like, Hey, this is what we're going to make decisions and help advise you on these five things. This is what we believe in. This is what we believe that our advising should, you know, the, the lens in which our advising should run through for people, right? Um, you know, and I won't share all five of those here. There's a different time and place for that. But I think just having a good understanding for that. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the the solopreneur burnout and, you mm-hmm. know, understanding like, is it a lifestyle business for you? Are you trying to grow it? Like you need to understand if you are a solopreneur, as of right now, wearing all the hats, what is the goal, right? And that's gonna dictate a lot of the decisions you make along the process. So I love that. What's number two? Number two, does this service or item or tool help me make money or get me more jobs or make my company run more efficiently? Good, so in other words, it should either increase the bottom line, increase the top line, or increase the I can't think of anything else in the middle ground. Uh, the efficiency in the middle and the playing field. We'll go with yep. that. Yeah, um, that's good. Um, you know, and I think as we're thinking through, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that come to mind when we say this, right? We're talking about tools for job sites. We're talking about, you know, possibly some marketing to get more jobs, right? Maybe it's streamlining some systems and processes to run more efficiently in your company, right? To do more with less manual input. Um, there's a lot of different things you can look at this through, but at the end of the day, you know, as we talk a lot about investment and expense, this is 100%. It should be an investment in some way, shape or form of your business. Right. Yep. yep. So, um, that's good. We're going to talk more about the finances here in the next one. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to save all my thoughts and I'm going to recap them <laughs> both here. So, so hit us with number three. So number one, get clear about your company's philosophy. Number two, does it, make me money, increase efficiency, get get us more work. What is number three? Naturally, number three is what are the financial implications of this decision? What will it do to your monthly overhead and cash flow? That's good. 
Do you, do you just want me to go off on a tangent on this one? Yep. Yep. I know you want to. Uh, I'm just, I've been sitting here like shaking the whole time. If you're watching this on video, <laughs> I back. look like, Pull me back. yeah, I look like buddy, the elf over here. Just can't, can't sit still. Um, it's that season. Elf was actually on the other night and I was excited and kind of annoyed because <laughs> uh, we're not even to Thanksgiving. Anyways, so when we make decisions, we need to have a really good understanding of what what it impacts, especially as you mentioned, overhead, right? Um, as we just talked about, it should increase something to return money to you, whether it's through the top line, the efficiency or the uh, increase in profitability. But at the same time, we need to understand if things don't go well, right? Or if you know, like, let's just say an example, one thing we're working through with a handful of clients right now is knowing after we get through the holidays and the slower season, they need a production manager or they need an estimator, they need something, right? We need to then figure out what is that going to increase hiring that position? What is that going to increase the top line at, which then in theory should increase the bottom line mm -hmm. in order for that position to pay for itself, right? Going and hiring a production manager, but taking a massive pay cut to you as the owner isn't really a great strategy, right? It, I guess it is if you don't care about the money and you just need your time back, that's a different conversation, right? And again, as to what you said, what's your goal? What's your story, right? What's your brand? And what do you want out of your business? So I think having a really good understanding, obviously with some of our clients, we've got some internal resources to use to, to plan through that stuff to see what those financial implications are. Um, but I think just really having a good handle on, okay, not only what is it what is the minimum investment required to pay for this going to be, right? And then how do we make sure that it is a success or, or knowing too if, if it's a risk, right? We talk a lot about breaking numbers down on a monthly basis. I just got off a meeting with a new client here and I was explaining to him why we look at our job costing data on a month-to-month -month basis, right? And it's to make sure that we're profitable each and every month, right? And that things like this, what are the implications and, and understanding um, how that can kind of come into play and what that risk is, right? If you're if you're at a $10,000 profit on average every single month, hiring a $6,000 production manager, like it's, I mean, basically you're not, you're losing some profit, but at the end of the day, you can easily afford it, right? If you're running at a net zero over three to four months average, you know that hiring that production manager is gonna be a little bit more of a risk for you that you gotta make sure it pays for itself ASAP, right? So just being in the know of your numbers can be a huge help on that. Yes, yep. I'm not, I'm done. I, I could go off again for another hour. <laughs> we should have wore our like, our, our numbers don't lie shirts under, underneath we here. We should have, but, um, yes. Yeah, we're not, we're not smart enough to coordinate no. that, so. AKA I'm not smart enough. So, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> What's the financial implications? I love that. What is mm -hmm. the fourth step you should think about in, in decisions? Does this help or hinder the type of business I'm trying to create? So does it align with my values and brand? Does it make sense with my company? Good. Um, I think a great example in this one is there's a lot to be said about getting distracted and going outside of your scope of work. Right. And I think there can be a lot of benefits. Uh, I'm sure we'll do a future episode on that about, you know, expanding kind of services. Right. But there's got to be a time and a place to do that. And I think when you're making decisions, again, some companies are looking at doing more carpentry type work, drywall, um, you know, trim, different things like that. Some people even did the extent of building decks and, you know, going that far with it. And yeah. I think that's that's the decision in, in that situation of does this help or hinder 
who you want to become, right? Like what is the purpose of this, right? Um, and in the one client's case that's been running with this the past year and they've, they've had a lot of success with it, um, I won't mention their name because I don't want to give them too much credit yet. It's still early. Um, so we'll talk again in a year. Um, but, you know, they've had a lot of success with it and it made sense because their goal of their business, their value, their brand was they want to serve homeowners uh, here in the St. Louis area at a very high level. And they're, you know, they've always referred stuff out to other contractors and they always just keep dropping the ball, dropping the ball, dropping the ball, right? And it's frustrating for them. And so they're like, well, forget it. If we can't just refer it to other people, we're just going to start doing this. People want this like communication professionalism. Um, and so for them and what their goal of their business is, it actually makes sense. But we had to make sure that the painting side of it was in a systematic spot to where they could start doing that, right? So um, just kind of a real life example there on that one. Yep. Yep. So great. Do you have anything you want to add to it? No, I think that was perfect. Good. Um, the last one. So the last one is what sort of extra time and complexity does this add to my life or my employee's life? Mm. Mm -hmm. How much time is it going to take? Right. I think there's something to be said about short term pain for long term gain. But there's also a time and a place to know where your capacity is at, right? Um, you know, I, again, is is you're hiring people. You know, that's going to take time to onboard them and to do things and to make sure you're make sure before you even hire them and start them that like your business is at a spot that they can at least take it and run with it. I uh, and I think one one thing is we want we want to be as prepared as possible for again just overhead hires, right? Admin, estimator, production manager anything else you want to insert there as your company grows, we want to be as prepared as possible for it. But at the same time, we want to kind of empower them a little bit to like run with their position, right? Um, instead of, you know, forcing a system upon somebody, unless you are on production manager number four and you've got a great system with the other three, then maybe you're going to insert somebody in there. But if this is your first hire as a production manager, like maybe they're going to have a better insight of how to do things than how you're doing it. Right. Or maybe they get ingrained in your company. And after 30 days, they're like, Hey, I think we should really look into X, Y, and Z thing. Cause it's going to help this, this, and this, are you open to it? Right. Hopefully you say yes, because again, you don't want to force something on them. Even if you think it's good, say, Hey, let's try it out. Worst case, it doesn't work. And we revert back. Right. Um, so I think making sure you have the capacity to do whatever it is, um, and again, with the employees, right? If you're asking them to do things that they're not good at, uh, you know, we have some clients looking into expanding into the concrete coatings, right? Epoxy coatings and some of those things. And, you know, that's one of my questions. Do you have somebody you can empower, right? Who's the who, not the how that's going to run with this. And if all of your employees are like, I don't want to touch that with the 10 foot pole, you're going to have to hire somebody to do it or to figure it out, right? It's a little different situation. Yep. Yep. So, um, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I keep thinking of the example of, um, wanting to add color consultations, you know, and to what degree do you add it? You know, are you the super hands-on curated, um, you know, high level company, you know, maybe you're going to do a, you know, two hour co color consultation with them, but you know, that adds a lot of complexity, you know, are you, are you doing it? Are you going to hire a color consultation? Are you going to go and train yourself? Are you going to take extra classes to do this? 
is this going to add to your bottom line? Are people going to hire? Is this going to be like a make or break also for someone to decide, like, I'm going to hire you versus um, a different company? You know, I think these are things that you need to think about um, when adding services specifically. No, that's great. Yeah. And I think that's a actually a fantastic example because, you know, it goes both like I can't even say like yes or no you should do that right because again yeah. it depends on everything else you just said right yeah um you know there's definitely pros and cons to it and I think at the end of the day you know obviously we're really big on collaboration um you know we want our clients to connect and collaborate with people I want everybody in the industry to connect and collaborate with other contractors other painters in your market outside of your market that's why we do our monthly mastermind group uh, big shout out to jason paris who just was, came on with us here last week uh they share kind of his inside his story on some stuff i know he had a lot of good wisdom that a lot of people took away from that episode or from that um, event and you know but i think at the same time we get paralyzed by that comparison right oh so and so is adding color consultations hey we should really think about we should we should add that into our business okay yeah. well does it check these five boxes right Mm -hmm. um, oh, hey, so-and-so is doing carpentry and drywall hanging. Hey, we should add that into our business. Well, is, does it actually make sense, right? Like, you know, I, I, so I think just understanding like collaboration is great, but you need to use these five questions as that deciding factor of what you should include in your business, right? If we included everything, if for us, for you and I and, and Andrew and everybody here at Elite Business Advisors, if we included everything that somebody suggested we should do, mm -hmm. we would have such a huge net and we would be suck at all of it. Yep. You yep. know, I've had people like, you should have a virtual assistant business inside Elite Business Advisors. And I'm like, hey, that's actually probably not a bad idea. I think that could be useful for a lot of clients mm -hmm. um, in like five years. Right. Cause I've got yeah. eight other things I want to do before that. Right. That are probably going to be a little more important. Uh, you know, and so it's just, yeah. you know, I think as, as business owners, we have to think about that, right. Especially painters, just because somebody says, Hey, you should, you know, start offering co color consultations. Like, should you like, I know for me, I sent them to Sherwin Williams and then obviously Sherwin's yeah. got this amazing, um, color consultation, um, Online. you know, offering. Yeah. Through the pro plus, uh, program with all their customers. Yeah. Like, and I've heard really good things about it. Me too. Um, I think they've really got that process nailed. Uh, I know Christine and her team and everybody there at corporate's done an amazing job with that. And, you know, like I wasn't going to do color consultations. One, it, I didn't have the time to do it. <laughs> Two, I didn't know anything about color, right? People, I'm nine, I was 19 years old when I started in the industry. People thought I went to paint school, Jess. They literally said, oh, you're going to paint school? And I was like, <laughs> What? Sure. Like just because yeah. it's student painters doesn't mean I'm going to paint mm. school. Like it says on there, I'm majoring in business at SIUE. Like I, anyways, um, <laughs> I was not going to give you advice on what color to paint your home. I'm still living at home with my parents. Like, I'm, you know, so, uh, and then even at that later on is, is I grew obviously and had changed and got more experience in the industry. I still was like, yeah, I'm not going to do this. Like this isn't something good. I can send them to Sherwin. And again, if they would have had that service at the time, I would have used that, but we weren't going for the white glove hundred percent all in service. Like we were going for, mm -hmm. we're going to give you a great experience, but we know where our limits are. Yep. Yep. And maybe you decide to charge for that service if you want to do yeah. that service. hundred percent. You know, you know I like, think you should. Yeah. It should be factored in your pricing one way or the other, whether the customer yeah. sees it or not. Right. Yep. Whether that exactly. means you increase your hourly rate of your bids and just it's free or you tack on $200 at the end of it. Uh, whatever it is, right? You you mark it up at the end. 
Um, there's a lot of different ways you can handle that, but, um, yeah, you should charge for it if you're doing it, whether you're outsourcing it or not. So, yeah. um, no, that's great. Uh, do you have any other examples or anything? Yeah. I think another example that comes up is should I get a shop? And you know, these, these decisions are also going to evolve. Like we've said, you know, your values are going to evolve, your company is evolving, but you know, does this, does this tool, this item help you make money, more money in your jobs? Um, maybe, maybe yep. it depends on your area, how much rent is, you know, how far it is from your service area. Um, and then, you know, what are the financial implications? It could be a lot. It could be yep. not a lot. Um, yep. and does it help or hinder the type of business you're trying to create? You know, if you are somebody who wants to have, you know, high-end cabinetry jobs, you know, you probably should get a job or a cap or a shop, excuse me. Yep. And, um, you know, if you're more of a paired back business, then, you know, are there other more, uh, creative ways that you can do maybe use a trailer or something? Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, could be like, this bridge tool instead of just like jumping from zero to, you know, home, home shop to a actual like facility. Yeah. And, and if, if you're going to do that, don't go buy a 4,000 or don't go rent a 4,000 square foot facility. If you're only yeah. going to use a thousand square feet of it, unless yeah. you're going to sublease it out to other people, that can be a whole different no, conversation. That's, that's um, another conversation. Listen, I'm a master at figuring out how to get what I want and helping other people pay for it along the way. So, um, yes. Hi, I've had, season tickets with the blues since I was 19 years old. So, um, so I'm just saying, uh, but with that being said, I think you're, you're right on that. The shop's a big one that we see a lot with people. Right. And I think that's the conversation. Like, is this necessary? Is it going to produce more revenue? Yes. I understand it's probably gonna be a little bit easier for you to do in a shop versus in their garage or, you know, an unfinished basement or something at your house. Right. I get that. But is it actually going to, are you going to be able to do more cabinet jobs, right? Maybe for some people I know that do a lot of cabinets, now they can do two a week instead of one a week. Well, that's a huge, that's going to pay for itself right there if the demand keeps up, right? Yep. Um, you know, but if, if some of that is just like, well, it'd be nice to have, well, that's great, but is $2,000 a month worth nice to have, right? Like, you know, yep. or are you going to start doing other things in your shop? Are you like, so yeah, there's just... There's so much that goes into it and I appreciate you taking some time to kind of put this together so people understand what they should be thinking about in their decisions, um, what goes into it and and really how to think through these big things, right? And I think more than all, have somebody to talk to, right? Um, we did an episode last week about like your board of advisors, big decisions, um, especially like a shop space or certain things, really you should run through that kind of board of advisors, if you will, right? What are the legal implications? What are the, you know, if you have a business advisor, talk to them about the day-to-day -day stuff, um, mm -hmm. you know, insurance person, you know, we talked to like accountant, right? What are the tax implications, good or bad, right? Um, just there's a lot of different things that can go into those decisions. So when you've got big high level decisions like that, it's good to talk to kind of that, that board of advisors we mentioned in last week's episode. So anything else you wanna add before we wrap this up? No, no. I think just go off and figure out your values and your brand. Yes. Step one, you got to know what, what you're doing and why you're doing it here. Yeah. So, um, well, Jess, I appreciate you. Um, you really do have a whole wealth of wisdom and it's great having you here at Elite Business Advisors and sharing that out with our clients. And, 
uh, this is just a small oh. snippet of that. So thanks for, thanks for taking time to work through this. And, um, I appreciate you sharing with everybody. Thanks, Chris. Good to awesome. be here. Have a great day guys. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.